Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jay down at the United Christian Fellowship Church, and man, what a wonderful time of year it is right now. We are going into the Easter weekend. Passover has begun already, and I'm just excited to be a Christian. I can't wait till this ban is lifted where we can assemble together again and we can be in the church house, and I miss seeing everyone and and being in the pulpit and and filling the anointing, and I tell you, there's nothing like it. But I want to talk to you just for a little bit about the Passover and just some thoughts that I've had and things that God has revealed to me. But there's so many types and shadows uh, when when I'm talking about the Passover. Types and shadows being things that allude to something else, okay? A deeper meaning to something. And that's what the Passover is. The Passover and what happened that night in Exodus chapter 12, is all directly pointing to Jesus Christ in every form and fashion and everything that happened. Let me explain. In in Exodus chapter 12, and man, I would have loved to have been there on that night in Egypt. They had been in bitter bondage for 400 years, and God was about to do the miracle, the plague if you will, that was going to set the Israelites free from Pharaoh's evil grip. They had been run by taskmasters, slave drivers, if you will, taskmasters who are like the demonic hordes of today that whip the slaves' backs and make them do their bidding. They were enslaved to this Pharaoh, and God wanted his people to be free. And he told Moses, he said, this is what I want you to do. And man, I would have, I would have loved to have been there. You know, I mean, on a cool night, I can, you know, that, that, that desert arid region gets kind of cool at night. And as the peoples was, was there in their homes and, and the firelight kind of just, you know, the light just kind of flickering and bouncing off the walls and the the open open windowed rooms would and the cool night air would be blowing the uh the things around and the firelight around a little bit and you could feel the breeze coming in and and um it was it was very very surreal on this night I'm very sure God had been doing awesome miracles, and His presence was so real. I don't know if you can understand what I'm talking about, but when God becomes so real that you can feel His very presence, that you can sense Him around you, that was thick in the air of Egypt that night. And God said, I want you to do something for me, Moses. I want you to go and I want you to tell the people. And this is in Exodus chapter 12, and I'm kind of paraphrasing. And he said, listen, I want you to go and I want you to tell them that they're to take a lamb. I want that lamb to live with them for a while. And I want them to slaughter that lamb. And I want them to eat that lamb. And when they eat that lamb, I want want them to eat it in haste with bitter herbs, with their walking staffs in their hand, fully dressed and sandals on their feet. For this is the Passover of the Lord. And he said, when they do this, when they kill the lamb in the place where they're going to eat it, 
They're to take the blood of the lamb and put it over the doorposts. And he said, because tonight I am going to send the death angel in and it's going to claim the life of every firstborn animal and human male in the land. But when it sees, when I see, he says, the blood, I will pass over. Man, I tell you, I've often thought about that, you know, and what that would have been like to have heard the screams of mothers and fathers and grandmothers and aunts and uncles and just families as their firstborn were dying. What it would have been like to have been in those homes at that point in time when all this was going on and to see the power of God at work. I've often wondered the same thing about being there in Jesus' day. You know, would we have all had the ability to understand who he was? Would we have all had the ability to, to understand what was going on and to see it for what it was? As Jesus, the Passover lamb, the lamb of God, as his name is, one of his many names, was hanging upon the tree for us whose blood was flowing down the tree, the wood of the tree, the cross. And how that his blood, because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He that knew no sin became sin and became the perfect sacrifice for us for all eternity. Not the blood of lambs and bullocks, no, but the Son of the living God, His blood. God Himself, the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son, shed His blood. Listen, what I would have done to have seen His face, to know what I know now, and to know who he is now and be able to go back then and look him in the eye and tell him that I love him so much and thank him so much for what he was doing. I would have hoped that I would have recognized what was going on, but would we have? Well, I tell you right now, though, we can. And we can see what happened. So now this same blood will cause death to pass over us. When the blood of Christ has been applied to your heart and life, death has no hold on you any longer, folks. I don't think people fully understand the depth of what was accomplished on the cross. Listen, when Christ took your sins and mine, not just sin in general, but he took everything that I have done and will ever do was laid upon him. And you too, everything you've ever done, every, every dastardly deed, every evil thought, every evil thing that you have done, you was put upon him. And he took 
your sins and he took them to the cross. And there upon the cross, he gave his life as a sacrifice to satisfy the redemption and the redemptive uh, need of God that something has to die for something to live. It is the way of things. Christ had to die. He that knew no sin became sin so that that was the reason why Jesus became flesh in the first place, folks. Listen, God became flesh and dwelt amongst us so that he could live the same life as a man would live, go through all of the things that we would go through, experience all the things that we would experience, be tested, tried, and, and be tempted in every way that we are tested, tried, and tempted, and be able to overcome it through the power of the Spirit, in which making Him the perfect sacrifice, and listen, the victory that He obtained by doing all of that is given to us when we believe in Him. So all of Jesus' accomplishments are given to us. And righteousness is imputed to us because of Jesus. You see, on the cross, He bore all of each one of our sins. Not, you know, when we say the world, we just think of, well, that might be someone else. No, listen, friend. Every single evil deed that you've ever done, Jesus took it himself and paid the price for it so that you wouldn't have to. The price being what? Separation from God. That's true hell, friend. Hell, in its most truest essence, is not just the burning that the scripture talks about, but it's the eternal separation from God and all of the attributes that God brings to your life. Jesus took the penalty so that we could be given the prize. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. I tell you, we have so much to be thankful for. So much. It was a debt that mankind could not pay. But when Christ went to the cross, he became your personal sacrifice, folks. Yours. You who are listening to this, you, I'm talking to you. He became your sacrifice so that you could have right standing with God again. And the only thing that God asks, as if he made it, as easy as he could possibly make it for us. God came down and did all the work so that we wouldn't have to because he knew we couldn't. So he sent his only begotten son to do all the work. And it's so simple. Listen to me. All you have to do is believe in Christ Jesus. How simple. How simple it is just to believe that he is who the scripture says he is. Listen, folks. He's either the Son of God or He's the biggest liar that's ever been. Which one is He to you? 
I tell you, to me, he's the son of the living God. He's either God of all or he's not God at all. Which one is he to you? Listen, there is no substitute for Jesus Christ, folks. There is no other God. There is no other way. There is no other way to heaven. There is no other peace. There is no other joy. Man and all of his philosophy cannot accomplish righteousness and right standing with God. And he cannot cure the condition of his soul, the sinful condition of his soul. No matter how much you try to think it through, no matter how much you try to put, put your, apply your philosophy to it, listen, you cannot fix your soul. The only thing that can fix your soul is Christ Jesus. Believe in him. Believe in what he done on the cross for you. Believe in him. Give your life to him. Accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Begin your personal walk with him. He doesn't want your religion. He wants your relationship. Reach out to him. He's reaching to you. This is Pastor Jake Heaton of the United Christian Fellowship Church. Father, we ask your blessings on every hearer of this word tonight. That, Lord, you would reach out and touch them spiritually, God, in their heart and in their soul. To give them a peace, peace that they've never known before. A joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That they would know you, Lord, and feel your presence in their life. That they would experience the reality of God. Not just the mythical or the, the mysticism or, or, or the, the fantasy that people create. But, Lord, you are real and tangible to our soul. And Lord, I pray for the people that they would experience that and have that in Christ. That they would have faith, knowing and believing who you are. And we ask your blessing in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.